how do leaders create organizations that are thriving and providing value uh, for their communities? Uh, this is true for businesses and ministries, but also how do we create contexts where the people connected to these ministries and organizations are thriving themselves, not just the product and value that they bring, but uh, a context in which people can thrive. And that not everybody gets to experience that. Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. I'm Dennis Weens, your host to the Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7 USA. Each week, I invite a guest to join me on the podcast to share their unconventional and innovative ministry approach. Please remember to subscribe and uh, look back through the other podcast episodes for a variety of topics, a variety of guests, uh, all talking about innovative and creative ministry approaches. And leave a comment how that podcast episode touched you. Because if it was meaningful to you, it'll be meaningful to your friends and your networks as well. I want to thank my sponsor, Sat7 USA. Sat7 is a Middle East and North Africa multi-platform broadcast media ministry, making the gospel available to everybody in the Middle East and North Africa. I invite you to go to their website and learn more and join this vision. You can do that at sat 7 USA.org. That's S-A-T number seven, USA.org. My guest today is Dr. Justin Irving. He's currently the Duke McCall Professor of Christian Leadership at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He previously served at Bethel Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, where he was Professor of Ministry Leadership, a Doctor of Ministry Director, Associate Dean, Intern co-vice president and dean, and he's also an author. He wrote the book, Leadership in Christian Perspective, Biblical Foundations and Contemporary Practices for Servant Leaders. And what caught my attention was his latest book, and I saw it on LinkedIn, Healthy Leadership for Thriving Organizations, Creating Contexts Where People Flourish. So, Dr. Irving, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Well, thank you, Dennis. It's a joy to be with you and uh, really a delight to have some conversations about healthy leadership. Talk about uh, leadership. Uh, it's maybe shouldn't be unconventional, but many times uh, it's uh, less than ideal. A lot of people don't flourish in their environments, in their contexts, and sometimes uh, the situation becomes toxic. So I appreciate you taking time to join us and talk about uh, your new book and uh, some of the reasons for this lack of flourishing that so many Christians are feeling? Well, it, it is a vital conversation as we think about not only how do leaders create organizations that are thriving and providing value uh, for their communities, uh, this is true for businesses and ministries, but also how do we create contexts where the people connected to these ministries and organizations are thriving themselves, not just the product and value that they bring, but uh, a context in which people can thrive. And that not everybody gets to experience that. And uh, I just have a vision for leaders creating a better way where people can thrive and flourish. You know, when I saw your book title, uh, I thought of uh, somebody that told me that uh, every day he got up, went to his job, he worked in a factory uh, 35 years. He said he hated every day of his career. And I'm thinking, I can't remember a day I got up and didn't want to do my work, do my job, my ministry, connect with people. I thought how sad that here he is, 35 years in a, in a job, and he wasn't flourishing. It was so amazing. So your book really uh, talked to me. 
And so I wanted to start by describing what is flourishing, give our podcast listeners an idea of what we're going to talk about. What is flourishing in this context of leadership that allows people to flourish in their context? Mm. That's good. There, there's lots of ways that we could approach that. Uh, I think the example that you provided is really important for us to think about because uh, it it is a story of many workers. And that's true, not just for those who are in the marketplace, but there are some who are connected to nonprofits and ministries that uh, might be feeling a sense of, maybe I'd use the word drudgery that your your friend or the person that you heard about had shared from their story. And I think often uh, flourishing in the human experience uh, connects to a sense of purpose and meaning that we bring to our work as well. Now, that might be a little bit more of a natural fit for someone like you who's been connected to a work like SAT7, and it has sort of an intrinsic value and meaning that's baked into the to the ministry and work that you do. But I do think that there are some more maybe mundane jobs that when we still can make the connection to purpose and meaning for our lives, for the lives of others, Uh, The nature of the work itself is not what provides the significance and meaning, but what what that's producing and the value that it brings to others. Now, I'll I'll kind of circle back in sort of if we think about our Christian history going back to creation, right? This is where we we have a lot of uh, foundation, theological foundation for thinking about flourishing in our lives. And if we go back to the creation mandate, it really connects to two primary elements, especially when we're looking in Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, We recognize that human beings are image bearers of God. So part of flourishing is approaching our current lives in a manner consistent with who we actually are as image bearers of God. So we we are created with dignity and worth and value, and the people in our organizations are created with dignity and worth and value. And are we... Uh, approaching our work and are we approaching the people in our work and ministry in a way that's consistent with who they are as image bearers of God. The second element that I think is vital to think about from the the foundations of uh, humanity and the foundations of our faith is that the work that we have been given is not something that is a post-fall reality. In other words, work is not just a result of the fall. Work was a uh, pre-fall reality. It was good because we are created in the image of a working God. And that means we have stewardship responsibility. And I think that we in our work flourish when we recognize that we are image bearers of God that are creating context for others where people can thrive and flourish as stewards of God in this world. So flourishing, I, I don't see this as a a side topic throughout the pages of scripture. It really is a dominant theme, and we're trying to create a place and context in our work where we are leaning into who we actually are as those made in the image of a thriving, flourishing, working God himself. One of your quotes is, uh, the health and well-being of an organization is in many ways an overflow of the health of its members and leaders. And even if somebody isn't in the best uh, leadership or uh, environment, they can still flourish in their Christian walk. Yeah, I certainly would affirm that. And uh, and, and and to provide a little bit of a, of a sort of an empathetic response to that uh, person you were sharing about earlier, not everybody in an organization can change their organizations. 
But uh, I'm writing the book, Healthy Leadership for Thriving Organizations, for leaders who who really do have an opportunity to, to shape the culture and to shape the way uh, people uh, are able to approach their work. And when leaders are doing self-leadership well, we might say, when they're attending to their own personal spiritual life, their emotional health, when they are becoming the kind of people that they are called to be before God, I think that sort of personal health has a ripple effect that brings health and thriving to those around us. So you're writing on this, you're researching it, you're seminary professor. How serious is this uh, idea of uh, not flourishing uh, as a Christian, uh, you know, as you travel, as you teach, as you lecture, how serious is, is this in the church? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I would frame it as uh, a, a kind of a serious problem, right? That that person can show up to their job 35 years, do their work uh, in, in a way that's just sort of mechanical. Uh, I just think what it is, if it's not just a problem, it's a missed opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think the source of that misopportunity is that we are we are sort of disconnecting the the work we do from the the means by which we approach that work i think especially for christian leaders in ministry the ministry is not just the outcome of our service right what we are bringing to the world around us the ministry also is connected to the way we go about our work the way we are caring for the people around us in our work and in our ministry and so um, I really see it as a, a missed opportunity if we are not seeking to bring the values of the kingdom, uh, the model of Jesus Christ and his leadership into our own workplace context and our own leadership. It's a missed opportunity. And so I'd frame the problem in that manner as a missed opportunity. Are there warning signs that leaders should be looking for? Uh, any any ideas on that uh, where we got some podcast listeners that are leaders uh, what are some early warning signs? Mm. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a, a new phrase that we've been hearing uh, over the last three or four years of people who are uh, quiet quitting. It's this idea that they're kind of still around, but they're sort of disengaging from their work in, in terms of their personal investment and bringing their whole self to what they're doing in their workplace. And so quiet quitting, I think, is getting at people who are just going through the motions. There's a sense of duty rather than delight in the work that they're doing. There's a sense of drudgery rather than a sense of purpose and meaning. And so for leaders to be paying attention to signs in themselves and in the people that they're working with in their their organizations and ministry, I think some of the signs are looking for that sort of emotional uh, investment disengagement that uh, comes out sometimes in the quiet quitting, uh, the way people are talking about that, but also just in a sense of drudgery rather than a sense of purpose and meaning behind the work we're doing. And that's not a, a black and white. We have to know our people, get to know our people so that we can sense uh, those dynamics that are at play. Those would be some of the key warning signs I'd be wanting to look for. And really establish rapport, trust, all those kind of elements are very important as you discern, as a leader discerns where that individual is maybe in their quiet quitting. As you mentioned, it wouldn't be talked about. You have to notice it in early warning signs. Uh, very interesting. Talk to us a little bit about your blog, Do some resources that you've created. Uh, you've written this book. Uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the resources that are available to leaders who want to read more on this topic. 
Yeah, for some that are uh, interested in a bit more of the academic side of my work, uh, they could go to irvingresources.com. I have some links to academic articles that I've worked on, uh, links to the, the books that I've engaged. Uh, for those that are interested in a little bit more of the practice side, uh, they could go to the the blog where uh, I engage some thoughts there, and that is purposeinleadership.com. And uh, there are a number of reflections that are provided there just on the practice of leadership, thinking about those who are Christians leading in organizations, whether that be in the marketplace or churches or ministry nonprofit organizations. Uh, those are those are a few of the places uh, they could turn to irvingresources.com and uh, purposeinleadership.com. I'll put those uh, links in the podcast description so people will have them when they look at the podcast. Leave us your comments about leadership, examples that you've experienced as well. We appreciate that. Now, as you think about uh, this leadership and helping people thrive, the same principles apply in the church as well in the marketplace or? Yeah, I mean, the context is different, but I think the substance of what makes for healthy leadership is actually uh, more similar than different. Right, we're we're probably going to be measuring outcomes differently. Right? right, so in the market marketplace, they're going to be looking at a a financial bottom line as as kind of the driving performance measure. Uh, but even in nonprofits, we we need to think about financial margin. Right, is there more coming in that's going out? And uh, even in the nonprofit setting and ministry settings, there needs to be some attention to healthy budgeting and financial margin. Marge, healthy margin uh, helps us to perform mission as communities. Right. So I think there are a lot of similarities. And so in the in the new book, Healthy Leadership for Thriving Organizations, uh, it's based upon uh, research with about 216 executive leaders. And that includes uh, CEOs, uh, vice presidents in the business world. That includes uh, uh, senior lead pastors in the church context. It includes presidents, vice presidents in nonprofits and ministries. So I'm I'm surveying leaders who are Christian in multiple sectors, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's really interesting to see how uh, the challenges that they face and the um, the recommendations that they provide. There's a lot of continuity for these Christians in multiple sectors and uh, the recommendations that they're providing as uh, uh, as we seek to pursue healthy leadership uh, as Christians where God places us. Well, it'd be exciting to read the book. And again, I encourage our podcast listeners to get on your website, uh, get on your blog, uh, deep, dig into this a little deeper, especially the leaders and creating these thriving environments uh, for your people to flourish. So, Dr. Irving, this has been fascinating to listen to you, and uh, you've created a real interest to delve into your book and learn a lot more about this. Well, thank you, Dennis. It's a joy to be with you, and uh, thanks for the good work you're doing. Thank you again for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Uh, you're welcome. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. 
Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you.